Cards win! The Cards win! They walk them off! The Cards win! And they see new life here in Omaha! You're listening to the 3rd and Central Podcast, powered by the State of Louisville. Welcome to another episode of the 3rd and Central Podcast, the only podcast dedicated solely to the University of Louisville Baseball. This is your host, Matt Sefcovic, joined by Aaron Turner tonight. Aaron, we've got a lot to cover since the last time we recorded, but uh, before we get into that, uh, how are things going? I'm doing great, man. My summer's in full swing. It's time for some playoff baseball. Let's have some fun. How are you doing, man? Man, I'm doing well. I can't complain. Uh, last two weekends have been a fog to me. Had <laughs> two weddings in a row. And when you get to my age, you really don't go to a lot of weddings. So it uh, takes, a, takes a toll on your body, but I'm back and uh, conference tournament baseball starts here in just a couple of days. So I'm ready to go, but a lot has gone on since we recorded last, you know, Louisville currently sits at 38, 16 and one got that weird tie with Wake Forest a couple weeks ago, 18, 11 and one in conference play. Um, and one thing I do want to note since we brought this podcast back a couple months ago, Louisville's 14, five and one. I know last time we talked, I think Louisville was like eight and two or something like that since the podcast, 14, five and one. So just want to throw that out there. We can't take all the credit because Louisville's the one that actually go out on the field and throw the pitches and hit the ball and win the games. But I, I don't think there's any coincidence that the season has kind of turned around since we brought the podcast back. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, don't want to take all the credit, but we'll certainly take some. <laughs> uh, so at 18, 11 and one, Louisville did win the Atlantic Division this year. Uh, they were picked to finish fourth. So I don't want to get too obnoxious and crazy about it. But, you know, we, we kind of told you so. You know, anytime you doubt Dan McDonald, this is what's going to happen. So Louisville won the Atlantic Division. That's the fifth time that they have won a division title in seven full seasons since joining the ACC. Just a, a crazy stat. I remember talking when Louisville joined the ACC when all the conversation started. I thought baseball was kind of going to be the sport that they may struggle in just because the ACC was such a powerhouse in baseball, but they've won five division titles in seven years and no other team has more than two in that same time span. So got to give it out to McDonald and Roger Williams and the coaches he's had over years for the success that they've shown since they've been in the ACC. And like you said, doubt Dan McDonald and see what happens, right? Right. Um, I remember I, I wrote an article before the season started for College Baseball Nation. And, you know, Louisville wasn't picked near the top to win the ACC. But I was like, you know, you, you cannot doubt this guy. He doesn't have, you know, the star power that other teams have. He doesn't have the pitching staff, didn't have the players returning that the other teams have. But you cannot doubt Dan McDonald in, in winning conference uh regular season conference titles one thing to note too Notre Notre Dame finished second in the division and because they had to cancel three games their winning percentage they were 16-11 their winning percentage was 0.593 and Louisville's was 600 so I don't think I've ever seen a race come down to that small of a margin of error in a conference race I don't think I've ever seen that in watching baseball yeah I mean not that I want to you know lean so hard toward Louisville here but man that makes me so happy to see Notre Dame <laughs> in that situation <laughs> well and another thing about that that it's kind of frustrating 
Notre Dame, you know, they canceled three of their – they had three of their games canceled, and two of them were with Virginia Tech, who won the overall crown in the ACC. So, you got to think if they do play those games, they probably lose at least one, maybe both of them. So, I don't feel bad for them. Louisville wins, Notre Dame loses. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, so moving on to RPI. RPI currently sits at nine, and then we got strength of schedule at 22. That is awesome to see, you know, that one-year turnaround. We weren't even close to that. I think last year we finished with an RPI of 70. So, I mean, the one-year turnaround here is just awesome to see. Like you said, you can't doubt Dan McDonald here. And then uh, turning to D1 Baseball and their newest field is 64. Louisville currently a seven seed. I believe that's where we've been the last two or three weeks. We've been at that set number seven overall seed, the hosting regional, and then hosting a Super 2 if it got that far. Uh, in our regional, we would be with Vanderbilt at the 2, Arizona at 3, and Wright State at 4. And, I mean, like I said before, I don't don't worry about Louisville no matter who's in that regional, but Vanderbilt is a very, very scary 2 seed. So, I mean, it's going to be a dogfight, but I'm very confident Louisville coming out on top no matter who's in the regional. Yeah, you know, Louisville and Vandy, they're very familiar with each other. You know, we play them every year for the Battle of the Barrel. You probably remember we recorded actually the night of the Vandy and Louisville game in Nashville not too long ago. Louisville won that game one to nothing, just like everybody expected. So, you know, two programs that are really familiar with each other. And like I said, I, anytime you face a two seed, it's going to be a good quality team. So, you know, bring it on. Let's see what happens. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think if we see Vandy again in the postseason, it's not going to be a one nothing game. No, no. I think it'll be a little bit different up here, Jim Patterson. Oh uh, yeah, but that's for sure. Um, one thing to keep a note in D one baseballs their field of sixty four. They actually released it on Sunday today, as they have Georgia Tech, and we'll get into this here in just a few minutes. But they have Georgia Tech as a three seed. Louisville's going to play Georgia Tech at the ACC tournament this upcoming week. So that's something to keep an eye on because Georgia Tech at, at a three seed, you know, if they have a bad showing down there, that could put them on the wrong side of the bubble. So they're going to be fighting for their life down in the tournament. So anyways, that's kind of where the cards stand right now. That's the resume, 38-16-1. and one. They won the Atlantic Division after being picked to finish uh, fourth. So good season for the cards. And let's just kind of go over the last couple of weeks of how they got there. The The schedule really was backloaded for Louisville this season. But I think when you looked at it, you know, Georgia Tech, they won the ACC outright, and they were picked to finish sixth in the Coastal Division. So Louisville finished with Virginia Tech, then Virginia. And the, the game with Virginia Tech, I think when they played, Virginia Tech was ranked third. Louisville was – I don't remember, I think seventh, depending on which poll you looked at. So two top ten teams down in Blacksburg battling it out. Louisville won the first game. I believe they won eight to one. Then they lost the next two games, three to four and four to six. But it, it was just two good teams playing college baseball. I mean, there, there was really nothing negative to take away from it. Louisville had an opportunity to win the uh, Saturday game. I think they had the tying or go-ahead run left on base in the ninth inning of both games. So they were right there, just two good teams playing against each other. Against each other, Poland looked awesome on Friday night. He threw 6.1 innings, gave up just three hits, only gave up one earned run on the way to the 8-1 victory. 
pitching staff actually just looked phenomenal. You know, they've gotten a lot of – taken a lot of criticism this year, and they gave up just 11 runs in three games to Virginia Tech, who coming into the series was averaging eight and a half runs a game. So, you know, hats off to the pitching staff for doing what they did. Offense just – they just couldn't get that big timely hit um, to take advantage and, you know, win one of those games on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think if you want to complain about something, I don't think we should because that was just good baseball that we saw in Blacksburg. But, you know, that situational hitting, we didn't really didn't come up with that big hit when we needed it. And you know what? That's baseball. That happens. I, I'm i not going to stress about those two losses at Virginia Tech because that's a very good quality team. And hats off to Virginia Tech, too. I mean, nobody thought that they would be anywhere close to what they were this year. And that is a very good squad that they put together out there. It really was. You know, Coach had to look it up. His name is Chef because it's like S-V-E-C. It's, <laughs> but it's Coach Chef. Um, he, he's put together a really good squad this year. Very, very fun team to watch. If you just like watching college baseball, you know, put on a Virginia Tech game next time you see him on because they score a bunch of runs. Pitching staff's coming together. My only downfall that I had watching the Virginia Tech series was they just don't have any fan support. And I know they really don't have any history, but you've got a top three team in the country. You're playing Louisville, who's ranked somewhere around fifth or seventh, depending on which poll you look at. And I looked at the attendance, and they had like 900 people at their games. Yeah, so, that, that is definitely disappointing. I you know, kind of disappointing. from TV, too. And I don't really think that stadium, too, I don't think that's really built for too many people. So <laughs> no, hopefully they can, they can put some money into that and – help it grow out there because it's definitely a good product that's on the field. Yeah. If he, I don't, I don't know what the roster looks like. I'm not sure who they've got coming back, but you know, he seems like he's got that program rolling right now. So I'd like to see him invest some money into the facilities and, you know, it's just another, another good quality opponent to watch in the ACC because typically when you see Virginia tech on the schedule, you know, they're, they're, they just haven't been a powerhouse. They haven't been known in baseball. So it's good to see a program like that really step up and take it to the next level. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that just makes the entire conference look good and believe that the current field of 64 has 11 ACC teams projected in it, which is the most of any conference in baseball. So, you know, that's awesome to see other teams start to step up too. And it just makes us that much better. Exactly. Yeah. And it, you know, it helps RPI, helps strength the schedule. So, at the end of the day, it just it helps Louisville baseball. So, I'm all for that. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, we're going to move on to the Virginia series now this past weekend at uh, Jim Patterson Stadium, final regular uh, season series at home. Uh, we took game one, four to one. That was a crazy game on Thursday. I believe that was supposed to start at three o'clock, three or four o'clock, and a – very long rain delay <laughs> with a start time of eight, eight o'clock or nine o'clock. I can't remember, but you know, played two innings and then there came the lightning again. And so I, that game ended up finishing up early hours of Friday morning. And, you know, just another long day at the ballpark. We've had a few of those this year. One thing that really impressed me though, was Jared Poland. He, you know, <laughs> can't say enough this year, how impressive Jared Poland has been. He's been a dog all season long to come out and throw when you're off your schedule and you sit for four hours, you didn't think you would be sitting for, and then you have to go back and sit for another hour after the second inning. That's impressive. So hats off to Jared. I think he threw six innings, six or seven innings and 
dude put up a heck of a fight and he's an absolute gamer on the mound. I'm loving what I'm seeing from him right now on a Saturday. That was a 16, seven loss to Virginia. And, you know, that just seemed like something that nothing really went our way from the get go. And that happens, you know, Virginia is a very talented team, depending on what poll you look at. Virginia was around 10 to 12 and we were anywhere between eight and 10, I think. And so, I mean, that's just two good teams, and Virginia got the best of us that day. And then we came out on Sunday, 11-3 win. We took it to them like we should have. Uh, got a little help from Miami and won the Atlantic. So that was that was a very fun day yesterday. Something I noticed from Virginia, too, that really stood out, out to me while I was at the games, those three, four, or five hitters of Tappan, Geloff, and Ortiz, those guys are some dudes. Those guys are fun to watch hit, man. Man, they're just they remind me a lot of Virginia Tech. They're just a fun team to watch. And they they just they hit the baseball. They're aggressive on the base pass. And like you said, they've just got some dudes that can swing the bat. You know, they average, I think, over eight runs a game too, one of the top offenses of the country. So again, hats off to the pitching staff because they really, really stepped up this weekend when they had an opportunity. Like you said, we got some help from our friends down in Miami, down in Coral Gables, taking care of Notre Dame over the weekend. So, you know, any any help we can get, we'll, we'll definitely take it. So, big uh, series win for Louisville to take the Atlantic division. Yeah, I definitely want to also say hats off to Tate Keener for his uh, bullpen appearance yesterday. Yes. That dude came out and – he he was awesome man he was lights out he was fun to watch and seeing that emotion on the mound too that was a lot of fun like i said when he with that strikeout he had with bases loaded that with two outs the way he came off the mound i'm like inject that straight into my veins i can't wait to see playoff baseball at jim patterson stadium yes, sir we've it's been two years and we deserve it and it will be back yes it, it's gonna be crazy i can't wait man I want to remind you about our newest partner here on the State of Louisville Podcast Network. What's next with Eric Wood? It's a podcast you can find anywhere you get your shows from. Each week, Eric sits down with a guest across many different landscapes, not just sports, everything uh, top to bottom that you can imagine. Athletes, former coaches, current coaches, uh, business leaders, all kinds of different people to talk about what it looks like to be successful in life and putting the best foot forward, specifically in the transitions of life. Obviously, if you know Eric's story, he played in the NFL for several years before suffering a neck injury that led him into early retirement. Eric's passion and Eric's goal with the podcast is to help people make the next best step in their life. Check that podcast out anywhere you get your podcast from. That's What's Next with Eric Wood. We will be right back. All right, so now we've talked about kind of how Louisville got to where they are to get the two seed in the ACC tournament. That's going to start here on Tuesday. Before we jump into that, one thing that I've heard Dan criticize over the years is the way his teams perform, or I guess, or don't perform in the conference tournament. And Aaron, you don't know I'm going to bring this up, so I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. So Louisville has been to five College World Series appearances, right? 2007, 13, 14, 17, and 19. In those five appearances, they've played in 14 conference tournament games all right of those 14 games how many do you think they won oh man man you really did put me on the spot here (laughs) 
I don't even know where to start, but I will say I think that we are playing under 500 in those 14 games. We're, we're five and nine in those 14 games. So, oh, wow. So, I guess what I'm here to say is conference tournaments don't necessarily matter. And they do, but but they don't, right? I mean, when, when you're Louisville and you're already, you know, ranked 10th with the new rankings coming out of tomorrow, mm-hmm. it really, I mean, it doesn't matter, but it, it does. Right. You don't need to worry about that automatic bid, but it would still be nice to. And Louisville's in a position this year that they could go down to ACC tournament and lose both games and they would still be a top 16 seed. Right. But if they go down there and have a good showing, they could possibly be a top eight. I mean, they're right now they're most publications have them as a top eight seed. So they would host a regional. And then if they won a super regional, which that is nice. So I don't think you want to go down there and throw up a goose egg, but I guess my point is the criticism that Dan has gotten over the years isn't really valid because he's still proven that you don't have to win conference tournament games to have a deep postseason run. As a matter of fact, he's only won two conference tournaments, and that was in 2008 and 2009. So in those years, they did not make it to the College World Series. So anyways, I guess my point is we don't have to perform well in the conference tournament to make a deep run. So ACC is a little different than some of the other conference tournaments sec is really weird it starts out as like a single elimination tournament and then if you win your first game then it transitions over to a double elimination tournament so it's really weird acc it's four pools you play the other two teams in your pool if you win your pool you advance to a semifinal game on saturday and then a championship game on sunday all of the games in the ACC tournament will be televised on regional sports networks. Um, they'll also all be on the ACC network extra. If Louisville happens to make it to Saturday, that game will be on just the ACC network. And then Sunday's championship will be on ESPN2. So let's kind of break down the pools real quick. Virginia Tech, they're in pool A. They got the one uh, number one overall seed. They'll play North Carolina as the eight seed and Clemson as the 12. Louisville's the two seed. They get the seven seed Georgia Tech and the 11 seed Pittsburgh. Miami will get, as the three, will get the six Wake Forest and the 10 North Carolina State. And then the fifth or the fourth and final uh, pool is Notre Dame, who got the four. They get the number five Virginia and the nine Florida State. So before we dive into Louisville's pool a little bit Aaron tell me which of the pool you know A, B, C, or D which one do you think is kind of the pool of death as we would say I gotta go with pool D with uh with Notre Dame Virginia and Florida State Florida State as a nine seed is incredibly dangerous man that is going to be a gauntlet and hats off to whoever can come out of that I'm gonna say this I think Florida State wins that that pool because They've got Bryce Hubbard and Parker Messick. I think they're two of the top pitchers in the entire conference. And I think beyond that, they, they fall off quite a bit. But all they got to do is win the two games. Now, that's not that that's an easy task because you're playing Notre Dame and Virginia. But they've got two pitchers. They've got two dogs on the mound that I think they can get past those two games. So I'm going to go with an upset in D. I'm going to go with Florida State's going to come out of that pool. But I do think it's the most challenging pool 
of the four. Yeah, for sure. And going back to Florida State, I mean, I was telling people after that series that we got swept in Tallahassee, I was saying, like, you know, that is a team that I do not want to see in the postseason because that two-man duo that you mentioned, mm-hmm. they'll run through some guys. That is they a can. scary team in the playoffs. And I hope Louisville – I know we have to because we're in the same conference, but I never want to go to Tallahassee ever again. Like <laughs> Every time we go down there, something bad happens. This time we got swept. So I, I think we should – they should have to come here every year or we should just not have to play them. So I'm, I'm okay with ACC making that change. Yeah, if anybody from the ACC is listening, we don't want to go to Tallahassee, and <laughs> I'm we sure don't they want are. to finish the season yeah. with Virginia. So <laughs> those two things, and we're good. Yes, let's fix those two. Um, so let's dive into our pool. Pool B, like I said, Louisville's the two seed, picked to finish fourth in the Atlantic, and they won the Atlantic. They've got Georgia Tech, who is the seven seed. They'll play them at 11 a.m. on Thursday, and Pittsburgh – who's the 11, we get them at 11 a.m. on Wednesday. So the tournament starts on Tuesday. Louisville will play on Wednesday and Thursday. So let's dive into Pittsburgh first a little bit. They're currently 27 and 26, 13 and 16 in the ACC with an RPI of 72. You know, at one point, Pitt was kind of in the tournament, and now they're below the next four out. But for Pitt, this, they've had a really good season. You know, they, they've got some players on that team. Their Friday night starter, Matt Gilbertson, 8-3 and three with a 355 ERA. But their, their pitching kind of falls off after that. But if you remember right, they beat Louisville in Pittsburgh. They won the series, which was a complete shocker to everybody. Louisville lost series 2-1. to one. They did win the second game of a doubleheader on Saturday, 14-6. to six. But they just they couldn't get it together to to beat Pitt, and I think that looking back at Louisville's schedule, I think that's the one head scratcher that I have is just that Pitt series, just because Pitt isn't a traditional powerhouse in baseball. But we won the conference, so no shame in it. Now I, I'm okay with it. I'll, I'll take that loss to Pitt if we win the uh, division. But what do you what do you think about Pitt? Um, oh man, this week when we see them on Wednesday. In the last couple of years with Pitt, I mean, they've shown signs of being a very good team. Last year, they were close to hosting a regional before they didn't even make the tournament, which was a complete collapse by them down the stretch. And mm-hmm. uh, like you said, their Friday night guy, he'll he'll mow down some guys, and then you know from there, you, it's kind of a fall off with the <laughs> pitching staff. But well, they're you know, like I said, he's. He's a 355 ERA. He's the only pitcher on the staff that's below four. Their team ERA is actually 6.25. So, and they've got one batter that's over 300. So, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't really know how they've won 27 games with an ERA over six and one batter over 300. <laughs> but, but, but they've done it. They beat Louisville twice. So, I think one thing to keep an eye on with Pitt and Georgia Tech is they play – on Tuesday before Louisville plays either of them. And that's big because the way the ACC tournament is set up is the tiebreaker is the higher seed just wins, right? It doesn't go to runs or anything like that. Just whoever's a higher seed, if it's a tiebreaker, you go. So if Pitt throws their ace, if Pitt throws Gilbertson against Georgia Tech and Pitt wins – Louisville doesn't have to beat Georgia Tech. All they have to do is beat Pitt to go to the semifinals. 
But Pitt just played Georgia Tech over the weekend, and it, it wasn't pretty. So uh, Georgia Tech swept Pitt. So not sure what route they're going to go yet. You know, at this point in the season, coaches will kind of change up their rotation a little bit because you've got games starting on Tuesday, and your ace probably just through on the Thursday before. So they get a little creative with what they're going to do with their rotation. So curious to see what Pitt and Georgia Tech do on Tuesday. But I can tell you that Dan McDonald and Roger Williams, they will kind of change the rotation if they need to based on what happens on Tuesday between Pitt and Georgia Tech. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely <laughs> nice to have that luxury because that Georgia Tech lineup, that that's something that, that scares me a little bit. So – Hopefully we can we can have those two beat up on each other on Tuesday first. And you know we haven't really seen Georgia Tech because we didn't play them this year, so I haven't watched a lot of their games. But doing some research on them, they've got six batters over three hundred. They bat three twenty three as a team. They every player in the lineup can hit home runs. But I'm most impressed with Kevin Parada. I mean that dude just rakes. He's probably going to be a he's definitely a first round pick. He's probably going to be one of the first catchers off the board. He's batting 362. He's got 26 home runs and 84 RBI. I mean, that's just, it's just those are just silly numbers to put up in a college baseball season. One name to keep in mind that a lot of Louisville fans will remember is Tim Borden, who transferred from Louisville this past season. And I love Logan Beer, but how nice would it have been to have this stick at second base? Borden's hitting 315 this year with 17 home runs and 51 RBI. So just another name to keep an eye on because this, you know, this Georgia Tech team, they're explosive, but like Louisville, their downsides, they're pitching. Their ERA is over, team ERA is over six and a half. They don't have a weekend starter with an ERA below five and a half. And it gets worse when it goes to the bullpen. So this this pool has the potential to see a lot of runs scored with Louisville, Georgia Tech, and Pitt, uh, depending on what bullpens show up and which rotations show up. It, it could be a could be a fun week of college baseball in Pool B. Sounds like the story of our season to this point. <laughs> so why not keep it going, right? <laughs> right. What What do you think? What Give me your prediction. Who Who do you think comes out of the pool? What do you, What do you see out of Louisville, Pitt, and Georgia Tech? What What do you think happens? Well, giving my completely unbiased opinion, <laughs> I definitely am going to – I really am going to take Louisville in this. Yeah. I do think that the the pitching from Louisville has really taken a step forward over the last – ever since that Vandy game, really, I feel like they've taken a step forward, and I think that we can hold these teams to – I think we can hold them to little enough to have the offense show up and do their thing, and there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to go 2-0. And I agree with that. And you you hit the nail on the head with the pitching. Our pitching has improved so much over the past, I guess, month, month and a half, probably. You know, our our ERA as a team is 5.23, but that is much lower than it used to be. And at this point in the season, it, it's it's really challenging to make an impact on your team ERA because you've played so many games and logged so many innings to this point. It, it's really hard to move the needle on that. But Biggest thing to me is Jared Poland. I mean, he is just become a dog on Friday nights. He's five and three record doesn't look too impressive, but that's really not his fault. A lot of that isn't 2.82 ERA 
in his last two outings against Virginia, Virginia Tech, like we talked about just a little bit ago, two of the better offenses in the whole entire country. He's logged 13.1 innings and only given up two earned runs against those two offenses. So I'm, I'd put Poland up against anybody right now. I'd, I'd love to see him against Georgia Tech just to see you know what he could do against that offense. But biggest thing about him, in my opinion, isn't his ability to strike anybody out or his record or his ERA. It's, his, it's been his ability to go deep into ballgames. His last 10 outings, he's thrown 93 or more pitches. And in four of his last uh, 10 outings, he's broken the 100 pitch mark. And that's big when you've got a bullpen like Louisville that's, you know, struggled a little bit. It takes pressure off them. You don't have to worry about bringing in, you know, two or three guys from the pen. You may just, you know, have to go straight. You may get go straight to Prosecchi, go straight to your closer. So he gives the bullpen a lot of flexibility, takes a lot of pressure off them, takes pressure off the, the pitches that they may call. So I think Poland down the stretch has been the biggest um, highlight to me from the entire pitching staff. Yeah, I definitely agree. He definitely gives some stability that this team desperately needed. And he's been he's been really fun to watch. I keep calling him a bulldog because that's exactly what he is. You yeah. know exactly what you're going to get from him. And I, it's really been awesome to see him take this step forward this year. Yeah, and, you know, Poland at the beginning of the season, he was in the rotation, but he wasn't the Friday night guy. So just to see the way he's kind of moved his way up and, you know, become the guy in the rotation um, has been – a lot of fun. So it's it's been fun to see Poland progress over the season. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's go ahead and jump in to the offense. I know it, it's kind of cooled off a little bit over the year, but what, what's going on with that, Aaron? With the offense? I mean, the offense just keeps doing their thing. I know it has cooled off uh, as we've gone on through the season, but that's to be expected when you look at the ACC schedule that we've played. Like you mentioned earlier, the schedule was kind of backloaded. We saw some really high-quality teams and high-quality pitching staffs down the stretch. And, you know, not everybody in the lineups is going to hit 350 through the entire season. Uh, one guy that stuck out to me really down the stretch has been Isaac Humphrey. Mm-hmm. He's hitting – I believe he's at 343 now to finish off the regular season. That guy does nothing but hit. He finished a double shy of the cycle yesterday. Uh, he, he big home run as well and you know he's just been really cool to watch that's that's a guy that dan mcdonald loves you know we're always hearing about those red shirt guys the freshman year you know you didn't play last year but you you learned and you grew as a player and isaac humphrey and logan beard for sure are two guys that have really stuck out to me no i agree humphrey's a lot of fun to watch and he covers a boatload of ground out there in right field too so I think he is one of the key parts of this lineup where he hits kind of the middle bottom. You know, he's one of those guys that you don't necessarily always rely on guys at the bottom of the lineup, but when you have somebody like that, like Humphrey at the bottom, it's such a luxury to have in a lineup that you know he's going to produce when he comes up to the plate. Yeah, for sure. And another thing I want to point out is we really saw it these last two weekends with Naptrick uh, going down with his ankle injury. You know, I think that Louisville baseball has always had this next man up mentality. Mm-hmm. You've heard, I've heard it on the broadcast all the time this year that players are saying, you know, you don't know when the bus is coming to your stop, but you better be prepared when it does because eventually it will get there. And so to see guys step up like Brandon Anderson and Noah Smith 
and JT Benson, who had his first career home run this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's cool to see guys like that, knowing that we have such a deep team that we can pull these guys off the bench, and we're we're really not going to miss a beat in the lineup either. No, they and they haven't, and you know, it's not that we want to wish this season away because there's still a lot of good baseball to be played this year. But man, when you see those guys come off the bench and just you, they look like they've been starters the whole season. You just you have to get excited about the future of Louisville baseball. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, in particular, I think you know Brandon Anderson has looked great to me at third base. Yes, continuing that line of of really good Louisville third basemen. So whenever whenever Metzinger is gone next year, it's you know I don't think that we're going to miss a beat there at all. No, I. You know, I, I wasn't as worried about Anderson at the plate, I guess, but defensively, you know, coming especially because he came in, I think, the series against Wake Forest, who just <laughs> hit the cover off the ball. But he made a couple plays over at third bla- third base. He just, you know, like you said, he looked like he, he was a natural. It just looked like he, that was his starting position the whole season, like he was an upperclassman. So I think just the continued growth that we're going to see out of Anderson over the next couple of years, I'm super, super excited that he's going to be our third baseman. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then to that point as well, I wanted to point out Noah Smith. Noah Smith, I think, has had some some mistakes. You know, uh, you kind of expect that from a freshman, you know, but he's made some mistakes. And I think that we're going to see him grow from that. And yeah. I am super excited to see what what Smith brings next year, because I think that he's going to be a fixture at shortstop for the next couple of years as well. Yeah, Noah Smith, it. If you haven't been excited to see what you've seen out of Noah Smith over the past, you know, a couple weekends that we've seen him play, uh, you don't have a pulse because that kid can play baseball. And like you said, he he's made a couple mistakes. I think there was a play this weekend at the Virginia series. He fielded a ground ball. It was kind of deep in the hole. And instead of throwing the ball, he took an extra shuffle. Didn't throw the guy. They called him out, and then he went to review, and he was safe just because he took that extra step. You got to – in high school, you can do that, but in college, these guys run a lot faster. So, j- just little things like that, and that'll come. You know, once you make that mistake, he won't do it again. I promise you that. So, there's going to be growing pains with the younger guys, but I mean, if, if you're not excited about what you've seen out of them, man, we've just we've got a ton of talent on that bench, and I cannot wait. I mean, I could sit here all day and talk about what the future of Louisville baseball looks like, but I don't think we have the time for that. <laughs> So, Aaron, I know there's been a lot going on with the current team, you know, kind of down the stretch with the Virginia Tech series, Virginia series. Now we're heading into the conference tournament. I know we've been talking for a little bit, but give us a little pro ball update. I know we've had some excitement with a couple guys today. I'm sure you're going to hit on this one here in just a minute with Mr. Ellis, but uh, kind of take us through what's going on with the Cardinals and the pros. Oh, got to start with Reed Detmers and his no hitter, man. Oh, man. Did you get an opportunity to watch? That I did. Game? I think I, I picked up, I think about the sixth inning, I believe, is when I started watching it. Um, you know, I'm obviously in Louisville, we're in Eastern time. You, you've got a little bit of an advantage over us, and I'm, I'm old and stuff like that. So, you know, <laughs> it was well past my bedtime. But when we get to the sixth inning and Reed Detmers has a no hitter, I'm not going to bed. So uh, I, I got to stay up and watch it. Man, that was just fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, what's funny is I kind of was jokingly texted a friend. I'm like, you know, Reed Detmers looks really good tonight, and I wasn't. This was in the second inning. I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say anything too soon, but Detmers <laughs> looks really good tonight. And then I think I first tweeted about it after he got through five. And I'm like, okay, we might have something special here. Like, yeah, he was, 
he was on, and that was against the Tampa Bay Rays. That that team is is no slouch at the plate. He only had two strikeouts, but Reed Detmers did what we've seen him do the last few years, and that's just miss barrels and make batters look silly. I think was he what a, a walk? Was there an error also away from a perfect game? Or yeah, there was one right. walk and one error. One walk and one error. Yeah, so um, just a heck of a game for Detmers. Yeah, man, I I've never been more nervous watching a baseball game. <laughs> I I felt like I was actually related to Detmers. I let out the biggest <laughs> exhale ever when whenever that ball went over to the first for that last yeah. out. Man, that was a was a heck of a moment for for Reed Detmers for you know Dan for Roger Williams. I know that I I can't imagine what was going through their mind seeing Reed throw that no hitter. I just see the biggest smile on their faces. Yeah. I already know that he made them proud for sure. Oh yeah. And then, you know, sticking with the big league guys, Drew Ellis just recently got recalled. He was in the starting lineup today uh, in Chicago playing against the Cubs. He came back and went one for four, hit a double to deep center. And it's, you know, really good to see him get back to the big leagues. Hasn't really looked the smoothest at the big league level. The glove is definitely uh, played, but the bat has had some questions. So it's good to see him come up again and really just tear the cover off the ball like we know he can do. And then on a, uh, a little bit of a down note here, it just announced today that Chad Green is about to undergo Tommy John surgery. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Uh, yeah, a couple couple days ago he was pulled with um, elbow elbow tightness. And, you know, nine times out of ten, that's going to be the UCL. And Yeah. So he's done for the rest of this season and probably most of the next as well. So, wishing a speedy recovery for Mr. Chad Green. Yeah, I hate to hear that. I, I didn't see that one. And then just want to turn attention to minor league ball real quick. And I could talk for days on this. <laughs> I, you know, they've got so many guys who are doing great things down there. Uh, wanted to point out Devin Mann real quick. Devin is down in Tulsa, same team as Bobby Miller. And Devin has been tearing the cover off the ball recently believe in the last week or so he's raised his batting average about 70 points, you know, a lot of three for five games, three for four, you know, doubles and quite a few home runs as well. So it's really nice to see him. And he's kind of emerged as a guy who does it all. He'll play first base, third base, second base. I think he's played shortstop and a little bit of outfield this year too. So he can, he can do it all. And I think he'll be a big asset for the Dodgers moving forward. And then really wanted to focus most of my attention on the guys out West. Uh, you know, being in Louisville, it's kind of hard to pay attention to all those Western <laughs> times and games. So wanted to point out Zach Britton, who started off the season a little bit slow. I believe we sitting about 150 coming into this week. He's got that average up around the 230, 240 range. Had two home runs yesterday, including a walk-off home run. So that was really cool to see him get it done. And Kind of along the same lines as Devin Mann, we got Lucas Dunn once again. Lucas Dunn has just done it all. He's hitting for power now, too, hitting for average. He's caught some games behind the plate and then moved to shortstop in the same game. I saw what he caught the other day. I, I didn't know he could. He, you know, he never I did, that. I he did not little... know that either. Um, I think it's funny, you know, seeing all these catchers who come through Louisville. I think you, know, you see guys kind of emerge at the pro ball level. And you don't really get to see what they do because, you know, they played behind guys like Will Smith and, right. and Henry Davis and Colby Fitch. And so you're like, oh, man, I didn't, didn't know that Lucas Dunn could do that. 
<laughs> it's like when you look at Louisville's recruiting classes, there's like five shortstops. <laughs> yep. You know, because the best player in high school, they play shortstop. And then when they get to college, you move around. But, yeah, kind of similar situation. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, so that first time that I saw Lucas Dunn back there behind the plate, I thought there was an error in the scorecard. I was like, nah. <laughs> I had no idea. And then finally, just want to point out Justin Levy. Uh, Levy was signed in 2020 as a non-drafted free agent. I think he's kind of carried that chip on his shoulder too. Uh, he's really getting it done in high A out in uh, Everett with the Seattle Mariners organization. He's had a lot of big games this year, had a couple walk-off hits. Uh, I believe he's sitting around 300 now, uh, which – it wasn't always that way, pro ball. He did struggle a little bit, and I think there was a big adjustment for Justin, but he's been really fun to watch take a step forward this year. He gets it done on both sides of the ball too. So that's a guy who I would assume uh, will be receiving a promotion soon. Could be up to double A by the summer. I also will go out to say that Lucas Dunn should be getting a promotion within the next couple weeks or so as well to Fort Wayne, which is high A. And I just love seeing all your updates that you post on Twitter. For all all you that don't follow Aaron, you need to. Uh, Louisville Baseball Alumni Report. You know, he puts out so much information. And I can't imagine keeping up with all the guys that we have now because it, the, the list just continues to grow when you have, you know, eight, nine, ten guys drafted or signed free agents pretty much out of every single class. It seems like there, there's the list of Cardinals in the pros. It's just growing. Um, greatly every single year so kudos to Aaron for keeping up with all that for us yeah I appreciate it it's definitely <laughs> not easy and you know some some things definitely slip through the cracks I tell parents all the time I I leave my dms on on twitter open because there are parents of guys out there who will send me messages like hey I don't want to intrude or anything but, but like this happened a couple of days ago and I'm like <laughs> oh I like I completely, missed, completely it. missed it yeah <laughs> kind of trying to keep track of 40 guys here and I, I apologize so if there are ever any anything that I missed please let me know because there's a lot of work that tries to go into it well keep up the good work it's it definitely definitely shows and we uh we appreciate what you do compiling everything in one place for us because it's a lot to keep up with well thank you I appreciate it all right Aaron so we're gonna be back probably next week, well, definitely next week, as soon as ACC tournament's over and we get our draw, Louisville should know on Sunday that they are going to be a national host. They just The NCAA uh, selection committee will announce a list of the 16 host sites in alphabetical order. You do not know who they, uh, what number they are or anything. And then Monday is when the entire bracket is announced. So when the bracket comes out on Monday, we'll probably come to you all with another episode just going over the ACC tournament and letting you know matchups for the NCAA tournament and who Louisville will play at Jim Patterson Stadium. So before we sign off real quick, Aaron, um, tell them where you where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Elville BSBL alum. Or if you want to follow my personal Twitter, that's AJTURN22. All right. And you all can find me on cardchronicle.com or on Twitter at Matt Sefkovic. And in the words of Sean Moth, we will see you at the ballpark.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.